just Riding with the crew, gotta stay low for the peso. Yeah, you know how that shit go with the fofo loaded in the back trunk. Hop out so you know these niggas got their head gone. Uh, yeah, I gotta go off. Gotta check the bitches who think they're not going soft. Gotta do my paper, the people who don't floss. Uh, gotta cop a pity with titties at no cost. Uh, I ain't playing no games out of my lane. Yo, bitch, swing, fuck the whole team. That's a game, man. Nigga, I'ma do me, masturbation. Attacking all the wet pussy. Fire nation. You're contemplating into nigga, but come on, let's face it. Boy, your Comcast cable, you're hella basic. Can't you see I'm killing shit? Do you need some LASIK? Alright, be a porn star and just fake it. But let me say something real quick. Y'all niggas out here getting in your feelings. Beef after beef, please tell me what your deal is. Bitches out here ain't getting fucking no why. Cause y'all busy riding nuts like please. Chill. I'm just trying to show you what's real. Gotta be homies, help each other make a meal. Now I'm back at it like a recovering crack addict. Shyrak, savage on the beat cause I've been having cinematic move movies. Named after me, pull up in the H, give a D, then Wendy's. Wendy's, nuts in a mouth, give a weak knees. D roll cheese, I gotta ease up, please. But I'm never gonna do that. Yeah, I'm never gonna do that. A nigga like me never noticed that. A nigga like me never noticed that. I'ma keep on flexing, I'm flexing. I'ma keep on flexing, I'm flexing. I'm your host, Gino Booth from GameMusicForAll.com, and you're listening to episode 31 of the Subcon Video Game Hip Hop Podcast. The track you heard to open the show was Flexin' by Jackal, produced by Just X and Chop God Louie. You can find that over on Jackal's SoundCloud page. Of course, you can find links to all the songs played on today's episode over at GameMusicForAll.com slash subcon. Now, technically, I talked about anime only two episodes ago back on episode 29 when I recapped some of my favorite anime from 2015 but that was also weeks ago due to a brief hiatus I took from recording episodes so it's already time to talk about some of my favorite anime from winter 2016 it was a lean season for anime series uh, these past couple weeks Um, I watched three anime series over their whole 12 week run, but I only enjoyed about one and a half of those anime, uh, maybe one and three fourths tops. Now, maybe I'm being a little harsh because I've been spoiled by the magic of the 2015 anime series I enjoyed and You could hear how much I enjoyed them if you go back and check out episode 29. But we're here to talk about the three anime I saw. Dimension W counts as half alike. Uh, Dragon Ball Z, we'll get to in a moment, counts as maybe a fourth of alike, if at all, if it counts, if it counts. A little show called Showa Genroku Rakugo Shinju is a definite solid one like i like that anime but first we gotta talk about dimension w 
Uh, Dimension W is about uh, like a bounty hunter, except they capture batteries instead of people. Um, there's robots on the show. There's an infinite power source from a company called Tesla. There's lots of like sciencey stuff going on on this show, but the story itself is pretty generic. Uh, main character loses his memory and has to uh, get his memories back and also save the world in the process. Um, the story itself and a lot of the dialogue isn't that great, but the characters, at least, uh, they look really cool um, and they all stand out a lot design-wise. Um, none of the characters look like each other. They all have uh, really great look and outfits. They even had a Mexican character. She was a cowgirl, cat girl bounty hunter. Um, that, let me explain. She was a cowgirl because she, like, she dressed like a cowboy, but she was also a cat girl because she had cat ears and she's a girl. So that makes her a cowgirl and a cat girl and also a bounty hunter. Also, uh, spoilers for this show, um, this was basically the interstellar of anime. Um, there's all this crazy technology surrounding this crazy power source known as Dimension W, and it turns out that much like interstellar, uh, the answer to the equation was love. Um, the answer to this equation is memories. Memories of people you love. And that is how Dimension W works. Somehow, it was, uh, it was not easy to follow, but it saved the day. It was a big fight and a giant monster at the end. So, I mean, explanations be damned. The show did have a lot of good action scenes too. And like I said, the character design was good and that extended to uh, their movements and how they fought. There was a lot of annoying fan service in the show, especially in the first half. It did ease up later on, but it was still, it's always a jarring experience, but I'm not going to get into that uh, right now, uh, because I want to talk about the anime of the season, uh, Showa Genroku Rakugo Shinju, which is an awesome character-driven uh, historical drama anime. Um, it's a dramatic story of Japanese Rakugo performers, a long-time traditional form of performance theater in Japan. The show centers around uh, one specific Rakugo performer and his past. I know it sounds like really dense and hard to get into because it's based on Japanese history, but if you like a character-driven drama with well-written scenes and dialogue, then I certainly recommend it. Um, there's no, no one's cowering up, no one's charging up, no one even rips their shirts. Uh, the main character can't even run. So, you know, you're in for a slow burn on this one. But the characters are intriguing right off the bat. The fact that none of them have to fist fight demons uh, gives them more time for dialogue and to really build these characters up as complex 
uh, individuals. And luckily, it's been greenlit for a season two. More spoilers for this show. Um, it and well, not really spoilers. It ended in a way that it could continue, or it would have been all right if it was canceled here because it wrapped up the main storyline. It didn't answer all the questions, and because these characters are so compelling, you could want to see them continue on. You want to learn more about their past and see them go on adventures in the future. Um, so I'm very glad that it's gotten a season 2. And that brings us to Dragon Ball Super, or Super Dragon Ball, uh, whatever order you want to put those words in. Um, well, well that show's still going, I can tell you that. And, and I'm still watching it. I'm, I've watched every episode of Super Dragon Ball so far, and well, there's been some fights. They're having a a fighting tournament. There's a there's a fighting tournament going on on Dragon Ball. Yeah. And that is the anime update. Uh, expect another in about 12 weeks at the conclusion of the spring 2016 anime season. Fingers crossed because I haven't found any compelling shows yet. But we're only about a week and a half in at this point so once a couple of series work up to three and four episodes i think i'll be ready to dive in speaking of diving in remember to subscribe to me on patreon at patreon.com slash genoboost and to subscribe to game of music for all on youtube at youtube.com slash game music for all Send thoughts, questions, and music to me on Twitter at GenoBoost or by emailing me at GameMusicForAll at gmail.com. Uh, let's talk about the next track. This is from Omniboy, another artist I discovered by way of <clears throat> by way of Space Girl Jemmy. So I'm featuring his latest track, Catch Your Fire. This track also features Ehio Robo and Space Girl Jemmy uh, because it's been way too long since I played some some yeah <clears throat> since I played some Space Girl Jemmy. See, that's how long it's been since I played some Space Girl. I didn't even have the fact that she went to outer space in any of my notes here. Flashes, but my eyes stay fixed on you. Peachy, I got one homie thinking to get squeeze me. You think I'm in a city, but you can never believe me, at least for the freak. I'm not totally sure if she needs me, but I feel so free, man. I can hardly keep peace. It's my piece of the pie still floating, so I'm gonna have keys to the sky, reach for the fries. Yeah, she gon' reach too. I used to be a pick, now my heart feels see through, so why not keep you? Nah, under surveillance, maybe kinda close like trail mix. I can eat you up, and maybe if I go to heat you up, do people do that? I've been hoping to catch your fire. Fly right through, the sky might move 
with trust and me and you about to fall in love i just want to make sure we ain't just falling in love but other than that you know i'm crazy about you and lately i've been feeling kind of hazy without you and you've been calling me baby and boo to you make my heart break when you say babe i never want to lose you butterflies butterflies where's my thoughts when i decide to hold you Back to the earth, back to the bird nest, back to the metabolism in the furnace, and I'm packed for the journey. But when I'm absent, I worry, wishing I could have been in Jupiter by now. At the same time, on the eighth line, I will realize I'll find my way back home. I wanna find my way back and face the facts and pace it back and forth. Hey, digging what I've been putting together, but with a matter when I'm unable to afford more. Hey, bonds in the life I fight for, but my supply will die out if I don't make time for it. The souls around in my town. If I float away, will you talk in the white cord? I promise I will find you. I'll find my way back home. I promise they will guide you. I'll find my way back home. In the moment you might fear, but I'll find my way back home. In the morning I'm right here, love. I'll find my way back home. I'll find my way back. I'll find your way back. I'll see myself in that rhyme, and I won't make jackets. Slave on my raps, I'll keep you safe in my mind. I'll find my way back. I'll find your way back. I'll see myself in that rhyme, and I won't make jackets. Slave on my raps, I'll keep you safe in my mind. I'm a suitcase and I'm two-faced With a blue face on the moon base Just based in a fake image of bootleg What can move be disappointed in me? Would I be symbolic like I've honored a dream? Should I be giving in and making apologies? Is it really living if I've been inside of me? Inside of a box, inside of a beat? Me, me, me Where have I been? Where have I been? With a pen inside my skin My only lens, my fingertips You said you knocked, I wasn't in Wish I flocked at your request I'm out of bounds inside my head I'll fly around but come back again I promise I will find you I'll find my way back home I promise they will guide you I'll find my way back home In the moment you might fear but I'll find my way back home In the morning I'm right here love I'll find my way 
I'll find my way back, I'll find a way back I'll see myself in that rhyme And I won't make Jack a slave of my raps I'll keep you safe in my mind I'll find my way back, I'll find a way back I'll see myself in that rhyme And I won't make Jack a slave of my raps I'll keep you safe in my mind 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 Let me pose a question Could you take a minute to tell me personal preference? I've been thinking about if I really wanted a death wish I've been thinking about if I really needed to test this Is it really like that anymore? If it isn't, isn't me making shit like a force To catapult the pulse of an artist More than the death of a conformist capitalist So disappointed, but I promise I'll answer the phone Hands out for the handshake, no foe And your boy bad to roam around, everybody knows I'll find my way back home Welcome back to Subcon. You just heard another solo track from John Rome's Winter in Color EP. This is definitely the catchiest track on the album. The hook quickly burrowed itself into my memory after hearing this uplifting track. Be sure to read the review of the album over on GameMusicForAll.com and check out John Rome over on his SoundCloud. Of course, check the show notes links now let's talk about me for a second uh, I recently wrote some articles for game music for all uh, which you can read right now uh, about classic arcade games uh, Bosconian and Burger time two classic titles that came out in 1982 uh, now relax if you've never heard of these games because that's the point I really do love writing about obscure games and I'm at an impasse here because I got to think of the next obscure game that I want to write about. Now, I've narrowed it down to three choices. We have World Cup Soccer, an NES game that I consider the NBA Jam of soccer before NBA Jam was even invented. And I also consider it the Dodgeball of soccer because it's made by the same group who made Dodgeball and using the same sprites. Also, Mexico, but you'll hear more about that once I write the article. Now the second in line is Tetris 2. I mean, we've all played Tetris, but have you played the sequel to Tetris? Is it a true sequel? I mean, what does a sequel to Tetris even mean? And I want to dig into that in a full 2000 word essay. Tetris 2 is also one of the first games I played that has cutscenes in it. Can you believe it? I can. And the the final of this triumvirate of possible obscure games to write about is Rally X. Rally X is another classic uh, arcade title which I believe came out in 84 or 85 because I'm spitballing off the top of my head. That's why you research before you write the article. Uh, anyway, it's a soulless Pac-Man ripoff uh, by the people who made Pac-Man. Go figure. But basically, it's a very large race car version of Pac-Man where other race cars are trying to cut you off and murder you rather than, you know, racing laps or anything. It was a well-regarded title that panned out terribly and is now relegated to the 
unlisted games in a Namco game collection. I myself am leaning towards World Cup Soccer, but I think it will be easiest to write material for a Tetris 2 article. I mean, it's Tetris. There's a lot to say about Tetris. I mean, the other two games are one-off or just one obscure game. The Tetris 2 is an obscure game with a very non-obscure pedigree. I'm sure I'll be procrastinating writing the actual article, so you have plenty of time to let me know what your choice is. But the thing I really want to dig into on today's episode, and I mean really dig into, is Hope LaCroix and Xenoblade Chronicles X. Uh, two RPGs that have come out in, I guess, the last six months and both took significant chunks of my life away from me. Uh, first we have uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X which came out for the Wii U back in early December. I sunk about a hundred hours or so into that game uh, leveling up and buying robots and then blowing up my robots and then having to buy new giant robots. And giant robots ain't cheap. Well at least until a lot later in the game and then you can pretty much blow up all the giant robots you want it really doesn't matter and then on the other side we have Popo LaCroix which came out for the Nintendo 3DS in February and I got addicted to immediately after finishing Xenoblade Chronicles X now if you think Xenoblade Chronicles X has an unwieldy name that's because I've only been calling it Popo LaCroix which, well, strange enough on its own, the full title is called Popo LaCroix, A Story of Seasons Fairy Tale. RPGs, folks. So I think a good way to talk about these games is to talk about them head to head. So this is Popo LaCroix, A Story of Seasons Fairy Tale versus Xenoblade Chronicles X. Or, as I like to call it, Popo v Zeno. Now the first thing we're looking at is the plot. The plot is the most important part of an RPG, or so we like to believe. So the plot for Xenoblade is very lofty and very convoluted. Now if you rate your RPGs on a convolution scale, which I think you can make an argument for, um, then this one is really setting a new high, especially if you get to the end of the storyline where all is quote unquote revealed. I mean, the end of the game reveals things you didn't even know needed to be revealed. That's how much revelation is at the end of the game, and it leaves you with a lot to think about, that's for sure. Um, you can go back and listen to my Xenoblade Chronicles X review a couple episodes ago for that. But Xenoblade, it really tries. It does aim for a lot of things. It talks about a lot of big topics. And and humanity's in a dire situation on an alien planet. And things are pretty real when you're getting attacked by 100 foot monsters that are practically unkillable. And on the other side, we have Popo LaCroix, which is a story about a prince who has to save a land from being destroyed by evil. As much as Xenoblade's over the top 
uh, plot is synonymous with RPGs. So is Copa LaCroix's very straightforward uh, save the village, save the world storyline. But we're looking at complete opposite ends of the console RPG spectrum. In the Popa LaCroix story, our hero is sent to a land through a dimensional portal and he has to save that land in order to get back to his own world and along the way he must help the prince of that world uh, take back the land and restore peace, health, and prosperity to the kingdom. In Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, you land on an alien planet and you're just trying to survive. And then some aliens show up and then you're trying to survive even harder. So for the plot category, I'm going to have to give the point to Xenoblade Chronicles X. The dialogue was corny, but we're not talking about the dialogue. Uh, we're just talking about the basic plot. And the plot was very intriguing and had a lot of interesting moments plot-wise. There were a couple of twists, but, well, there weren't a lot of twists, but Popo LaCroix had zero twists, so Xenoblade Chronicles more or less just wins on its unpredictability, even if that unpredictability was completely unpredictable. So now we move on to what I consider the most important part of a, of a good RPG. The battle system. Talk about the plot to Final Fantasy 7 all you want, but you know you're spending most of the hours in that game uh, battling enemies. You're listening to that battle theme quite a bit. Um, so the battle system is incredibly important to help you slog through the grind of an RPG. Now the battles for Xenoblade Chronicles are incredibly in-depth. You're Unless you're fighting like an incredibly weak enemy, you're pretty much paying attention, uh, circling the enemy, uh, making sure you're switching weapons to have the right charges at the right time. It's incredibly in-depth, nuanced, and versatile. You have a ton of options open to you, and all sorts of uh, menus, and items, and checkboxes, and powers, and weapons to attach and detach and augment and all of that wonderful stuff that can keep me hanging out on the menu screen for hours at a time. And that's before I even go into battle. Once you're in the battle, uh, things get real, real fast. Like you're watching all several meters rising, you're watching your timing attacks and weapon switches, you're pressing like every button on the controller at some point during the battle and all just to take down like one enemy. Now Pope LaCroix on the other hand um, it's not as simple as just taking turns like a Dragon Quest game or old school Final Fantasy because there's a slight challenge of uh, movement based attacks sort of like a tactics RPG except not really all that tactical at all uh, because you have to move your characters into position to attack 
Well, once you're in position to attack, you pretty much just stand right next to the guy and just keep attacking him, and he keeps attacking you. So it's more like a formality than a tactic, and that issue actually ends up making most of the matches feel like they're not in your favor since you're constantly trying to move towards the enemy with your first turn rather than spend that first turn actually attacking the enemy but on the other hand Popo LaCroix you can just hit auto battle and I don't even have to think about it at all I can just take a nap or stare at the ceiling or hum a nice tune even though I could just not pay attention to the fights at all, which is kind of the true goal of any good RPG, I'm gonna have to give another point to Xenoblade Chronicles X because that battle system was the number one reason I continued to play Xenoblade Chronicles X. I may continue playing it, but I do not want to lose another month of my life. I may, but I don't want to. So now we're moving down into some more nitpicky topics world the world of the game uh Popa LaCroix um the world is basically as big as the next area you unlock it's very straightforward there's no such thing as going off the path because the only paths there are are to the next area I guess you could go back to paths you've been to before but there's not really any point once you learn how to uh, fast travel everywhere. Now Xenoblade Chronicles X on the other hand is once again on the exact opposite side of the spectrum because it's completely open world. Um, well except you can't go in the ocean. Now I really want to go in the ocean in that game. But you do have the entire sky to take up and there are some places to go in the sky. Um, as soon as you're able to leave the city in Xenoblade, you can go all over the planet. And once you get a giant robot, you can drive all over the planet. Once you get a giant flying robot, you can, well, you know, you can fly. And the game really doesn't care if you're just flying in circles around the planet over and over again. It's very taxing on fuel, but if you want to do it, you can do it. Now, you might think I have a lot of praise for the beautiful open world of Xenoblade Chronicles, but the problem with an open world, at least for me, is I get some sort of choice paralysis. And when someone tells me, hey, you can go anywhere, you can do anything, well, then I don't want to do anything. I don't want to go anywhere. And then the NPC shrugs its shoulders, and then I shrug my shoulders, and then I turn off the game. Now Popo LaCroix, on the other hand, uh, is always holding my hand through most, at least through the searching part of the adventure. I'm never at a loss for where to go next. I'm not getting lost in giant uh, forests, or swamps, or caves. Uh, most of the time, even when you're going through dungeons, the path is very straightforward. And because of that, I was able to get through Popo LaCroix incredibly quickly thanks to always being on track. So for the world and the adventuring, I'm going to have to give a point to Popo LaCroix for keeping it straightforward. 
And also because I'm trying to keep this this matchup a little close. Now let's talk about the enemies in the game. Uh, and I'm talking about your basic uh, run-of-the-mill uh, enemies. You know, the guys that you have to beat up a hundred times to level up once. Uh, Popo LaCroix has uh, your basic uh, Dragon Quest style enemies. They have evil orbs and blobs and monsters like a goblin or a vaguely dinosaur looking enemy. Plants. Plants. Always plants. Xenoblade on the other hand has a few interesting enemies but for the most part uh, most of them look very uh, earth looking for an alien planet. In Xenoblade you could fight aliens that look like giant monkeys, you could fight aliens that look like giant fish, you could fight aliens that look like giant dinosaurs, and you could fight aliens that look like giant crabs, and you just kind of feel like, hmm, we're on an alien planet, perhaps something could look like something that's not from Earth? I know it's asking a lot, like having an imagination, but damn it, I just wish someone had an imagination. So I think for the enemies, uh, neither of them really built up some incredible world or some distinct types of enemies that you always look back on with fondness. So it's a tie. Nobody wins the enemies battle. So if you're keeping track, uh, Popo LaCroix has one point for world and Xenoblade has two points, one for the plot and one for the battle system. So now we come to the main villain of the game. Uh, the main villains in Popo LaCroix are these evil uh, witch people uh, who use dark magic and dark powers to turn uh, people into demon slaves and corrupt the soil in the world as they siphon off the planet's power. Your basic magical RPG villain shtick. And in the other corner for Xenoblade, we have a giant, remorseless, repentless, very ugly, at least by human standards, a giant, angry alien who wants to completely destroy the human race at any cost. So yeah, both of the villains are pretty one note. Like, I wasn't expecting some intense, deep, and tragic origin story about how these villains turned evil or something, but, you know, just a little something more than their primary motivation for evil is because they want to take over slash destroy everything. Plus, in Xenoblade Chronicles X, you don't even get to kill the main villain yourself. So... That wasn't exactly very fun either. So you know what? I was going to give it to Xenoblade Chronicles because their main villain is uglier. But you know what? No one gets it now. So there's another tie for main villain. Now we come to the main K. 
characters. Apopo LaCroix is a very simple story, but the thing they do excel at is creating uh, characters. The characters all have a distinct uh, personality and manner of speaking, which is expressed through the dialogue. Uh, there's a lot of characters in the game, and all of them have something to say. A lot of them you get to interact with more than once, so there's like a lot of uh, world building as the characters interact with one another. Mostly we're talking about the main characters. Uh, the main characters in Popo LaCroix are the Prince, Pietro, Narcina, the Witch, who is also Pietro's girlfriend, and then you have a young boy and his brother from this far off land that Pietro and Narcina have been transported to. And the interactions between these four characters is what drives most of the dialogue in the game and is how most of the backstory for these characters is revealed. Even though they're acting out a simple plot, it's the fact that these feel like distinct characters that makes you uh, so interested in the game because uh, not only do you have those four characters, but like any good RPG, several other characters move in and out of your party at different times. And each of them are far more interesting than you'd expect, especially a fellow that has a pumpkin for a head. Is there anyone with a pumpkin for a head in Xenoblade Chronicles X? Not that I've seen. So let's talk about the characters in that game. Uh, your main character is a creative character, so of course she doesn't get any dialogue, although she can shake her head and stuff when you answer a question. All of your character building in Xenoblade Chronicles X is sometimes they'll be like, hey should we rob this guy? Yes, we should totally rob him. No, what are you thinking? That's, that's terrible and mean. And then you just choose one. But sometimes what your choice won't even be acted out. Like they'll say, yeah, let's rob this fool. And that's when the NPC will be like, what? I was just kidding. That's ridiculous. We're not robbing anyone. Oh, we aren't? Okay. Since you have a creative character, so we gotta make up for it with side characters and supporting characters. So I guess the mainest of the main characters besides yourself is Lynn and Alma who are your main members whenever you're going through the story mode of the game. Oh, and of course Tatsu. But the less said about him the better. So there's a ton of dialogue in this game. Most of it falls so flat the jokes are not humorous. Um, a lot of them are so overplayed, especially any of the jokes Tatsu involve. So what of Lynn and Alma? Um, both of them come off is incredibly naive and dumb which is unfortunately facilitated by the plot because things feel like they're revealed to you far sooner than anyone can figure out. I knew that Goofball was a traitor yet no one acted on it for like several chapters of the storyline and when your team leader the supreme genius Alma who has done everything for everyone in New Los Angeles. Can't figure out who's a traitor? That's not very reassuring. And if we're looking at the broader topic of characters, damn near every NPC in Xenoblade Chronicles is incredibly annoying 
They have snooty dialogue or dumb dialogue and they keep sending you on ridiculous quests. So because of all these factors, Pope LaCroix with its fun dialogue and quirky characters uh, gets the point for the characters category. So now we're tied. Two points for Pope LaCroix, two points for Xenoblade, and now we're down to the final tie-breaking category. Dialogue. Now I've already mentioned this when talking about the characters in the plot, but the dialogue for Xenoblade Chronicles is overwrought, it's terrible, it's flat, it's worst of all unimportant, and still finds a way to not tell you anything about the world you inhabit. There are a few fun descriptions buried within the tons and tons of descriptions of items and collectibles and tradables and robot parts and robot weapons and human weapons but like any of the actual character dialogue just leaves me wondering why anybody is allowed to talk like they try to tell jokes but they all come off as corny like there's not a legitimate joke in the game Pope LaCroix tries its hand at jokes uh, but we'll get into that in a moment we're still talking about Xenoblade and how bad it is uh, dialogue wise at least there's some characters I kind of like they're all like NPCs that'll just kind of say a couple rude things to you and send you on a quest and that's kind of nice but the problem with a lot of these characters is they're rude to you and then they're completely useless and because of their useless uh, jerkishness those are the causes for the quests like, this guy's being a jerk, so you have to go talk to this guy. So a lot of dialogue is just facilitated for quests. And a lot of quests are just, I can't be asked to do this, so you go do it. Now you have a quest. All the dialogue in Xenoblade is meant to either move the story along, or explain something necessary that you should know about the world. Like, pressing... X at the right time that you switch weapons faster you know something practical that you need to know or something story-wise that you kind of need to know Pope LaCroix on the other hand now we'll get into Pope LaCroix has a lot of superfluous dialogue like you could speak to a lot of characters at different times there's tons of villagers and stuff you can speak to and very few of them send you on quests, in fact fewer than I might like because quests are one of the only ways you can get some items. Pope LaCroix has that story of seasons Bokujo Monogatori uh, license for a reason and a good reason for that is the uh, simple dialogue between uh, characters getting to know each other and this is played out uh, in every village in the game as Pietro has to talk to different maidens to bring back life to each town. So you just get a lot of dialogue about life, about these characters' lives in general, and they'll sprinkle in a small joke here and there. Uh, nothing that makes you laugh out loud, but some witty dialogue that's appreciated more than and with that analysis, I think you know where the final shoe's gonna land. And that's 
with Popo LaCroix winning the dialogue category. So we had seven categories, two were tied, enemies and main villain had no winners. Uh, Xenoblade wins plot and battles, while Popo LaCroix wins the world, the characters and the dialogue categories. And now we have objective proof that Popo LaCroix is a better game than Xenoblade Chronicles X. It's just facts. The highly, highly subjective facts. Thanks to all my yammering about Xenoblade Chronicles and Popo LaCroix, we've got a lot of background music to run down on this episode. Things kicked off with 8-Bit Trash OST, Brutal Man, another great track by DJ MMA Productions. I definitely have the word Sick Beats underlined once again. Be sure to head over to DJMMAProductions.com to check out more of his great tunes. That was followed up by another great Castlevania track. This is called Bloodlines, Castlevania, Dracula X, and it's by everybody. I mean, let me just run down all these people. Several of them you should remember from previous subcons, in fact. Let's run it down. We got General Offensive. We got the Dawn Strife, Mr. Sonic 699, Dread, D-B-O-Y-D, Tom Miller, Swordmerd, Vectrax, Dexter, Cosmo BG, Sen, Aaron Hickman, The Blueprint, and all of this was organized by Raising Waves and mastered by Tony Lees. After that, we got to hear more from the Hanya EP by Chief Takanawa. We heard Shaisetsu uh, Yoshimitsu Tekken 3 Remix. Uh, once again, you can check out my review of the album if you head over to GameMusicForAll.com and check out my album reviews. And after that, be sure to cop the new EP. Check the show notes for links to all the music that you heard on this episode. But let's keep things moving. Next we heard I Run These Pipes, Son, uh, Super Mario Bros. 1-2 Remix by That Andy Guy. And then to kick off this break, things started with World 1-1 Baby Steps. Uh, that's a track from the Blitzbreaker OST by musical duo The Fat Bard. We heard uh, from one of my favorites, someone that probably needs to be played on the show a lot more often, Mother Pluckin' Bee. And we heard a track called Crash Bomb in the Lobby, obviously a remix of Mega Man. And that's from the Nintendo Sploitation album. That was followed up by even more DJ MMA Productions. Uh, just to rewind the podcast a little to get his link again. Uh, that was Donkey Kong GBC My Life. Next we had the simply titled track 005 by Frosky's from his most recent SoundCloud upload, the Low Spirits EP. Then we heard epic Chrono Trigger Trap remix known as The Flame For You Love You All Heart by Internet User. And to make things thematic, as I talked and talked about Xenoblade and Popo LaCroix, we heard music from Popo LaCroix and we also heard Yoko Mori from Xenoblade Chronicles X by Hiroyuki Sawano. 
After that, we heard from 8-Bit Battle Cat, uh, his track Digital Storm. And we're ending this break with Theme of Oni Remastered by Hideki Naganuma from the Atsumari Guru Guru Onsen game, which is some sort of game for the Sega Dreamcast in Japan. And Hideki Naganuma was nice enough to upload some of his work from that incredibly obscure online-only Japanese Dreamcast game. Hooray! And after the final track, we're going to hear the ending theme to Top Gear, a very classic racing game for the SNES, which was composed by Barry Leach, who also went on to create the Top Gear Rally soundtrack for N64, which is also one of my favorite soundtracks ever. But before we hear that, let's talk about the final track you're going to hear on today's show. This is Mayor Wirtz's latest from the Midnight Movie EP. The catchiness of the hook of this song is just unreal. Uh, The hook of this song is the real villain because it's been stuck in my head ever since I first heard this song. Now I'm singing it at work and stuff and it's it's not appropriate. Uh, anyway, this is Mayor Wirtz with Oh My God, parentheses, Troll 2, uh, a tribute to the movie Troll 2, Mayor Wirtz, straight out of Nilbog. Be screwed. He pauses 
the car, side mirror. Nil Bogus goblins fell backwards. It's super clear. Skateboards at the church. Try to make me eat ice cream. Dad comes to the rescue, calling a misunderstanding. The whole town is at her house. They brought us a feast. Grandpa Seth gives me a Molotov cocktail to kill the beast. Catch the goblin leader on fire. Grandpa is sent to hell. We need to bring him back with the seance or some kind of spell. Grandpa gives me a double sector bologna sandwich. The family and I touch the stone. Goblins die and vanish. We're home. I go take a nap, but I can't find my mom. The goblins are eating her. Do you want some Joshua? They're eating her. And then they're gonna eat me. Oh my god. Thanks for listening to the Subcon Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to me at patreon.com slash genoboost. Find song links and show notes at gameofmusicforall.com slash subcon. Follow me on Twitter at Genoboost and Instagram at RetroBitsLA. And of course, you can find the latest video game-based albums at GameMusicForAll.com. You're now leaving Subcon. <laughs>